Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello? Hello. Who is it? historically that, badass broads is that mora <gasps> i can't <Are> see <laughs> it's all so dark is there a light <sighs> sadly no do no. our listeners know that we do not see each other when we do these oh no do they know they're that? Be sad like i am i know well what happened first of all again if you're tuning in now welcome, welcome. not sure what <laughs> took you so long but hello we do not see each other. We don't. Because, first of all, we are bicoastal. Indeed. In the U.S., I should Temporarily. Clarify. I think we sound American, but... We're very clarify, American. To clarify. Maybe they, maybe they think we're, we could be Canadian. We don't I will, sound... I will say, though, hmm. you don't have a stereotypical California accent. Oh, thank God. And thank you. In thank a you. huge blow to my ego... I don't have a stereotypical New York accent. You don't say New York. Born and raised, and I'm still not walking around Brooklyn. saying, like, coffee, get out of here, get off the street. You know, be I like because you're French. I, I'd like to blame it on that. I, I blame think it's it. just my, blame you know, <laughs> could you turn on little the, neighborhood that I live can you, in. You know? Can you turn on the accent should you choose? I think I just did. Did I not? You did. It was it, the coffee was really good. Coffee talk, you know, in New mm. York. Uh, mm. So you have it in you. It's there. Never well, that's more that. of like me as an actor being interested in accents <laughs> type of energy. <laughs> um, okay. Long story short, we are by coastal at the moment. We, we use a platform to record these, and we tried it with video once because that's and a boy, that's an option. And it, it just not completely like it. overrode like our Wi-Fi. It was our computers. Choppy, my computer was George weird. was very upset. Oh yeah, your computer almost crashed. I feel like he was deeply, deeply offended by the amount of things we asked of him. He yeah. was not happy. So these kind of feel like a phone call for us. I I have I no idea what your face is doing. Something weird. <laughs> Picture gurning. I'm, Do you know I'm gurning? Gonna... <laughs> Do you know what I was going to compare it to? Tell me. The show Love is Blind on Netflix. Can I confess? Oh my gosh, what are you about to say? I haven't seen it. Oh, of course not. That's not surprising. I thought you were about to say you've seen oh! it. That would have been surprising. Stop. Are you the type to watch Love is Blind? Absolutely not. Well, then that's not surprising at all. I know, but I try to be hip with the times, Chloe. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. You get the concept <laughs> though, right? I People really talk do. in little pods. They don't see each other. Do I they like how, end how up different hanging our comparisons out? were, though. <laughs> Do they hang out, like, outside of it? Or if is it they just in the pods? Propose, if they get engaged, they're allowed to hang out. The ma- Jesus. Because they get married at the end of this. 
like contractually they have to mm, mm, they have to go to the altar together is but it like married at first sight because i did watch a couple of those and those were hilarious well at the altar is where they either say i do or i don't and i don't know if married at first sight is like that oh my god the drama no married at first sight is legit she's walking down the aisle and they've never seen each other before they know nothing about each other and they <sighs> get married well that's just basically an arranged marriage it is and it's hilarious yeah i that that one that one it's like sure you you you're really diving into that one knowingly do you know what's funny that we're talking about arranged marriages oh sure let's let's start the episode <laughs> i wanted no i was really proud of that segue chloe it's gonna be all natural <laughs> it is natural i'm excited let's oh god i can't believe it our penultimate wife of henry Darn. the eighth i'm gonna miss this honestly i'm kind of i've been loving it me too it's been nice that i'm not like shit who am i gonna do this week <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Not that I'm not a very prepared person who <laughs> is perfectly organized. And we all are. Can I just say, if you were to look at my many bookshelves and mm. or places of book organization, you mm. wouldn't see any organization, but I do. Do you know what I mean? Like that's the yeah, kind of person yeah. I am. Yeah. When I was younger, I used to have my clothes all over my room because I didn't have like the proper storage for them, mm, so they would just mm-hmm. be out. Yeah. And I knew where everything was. You knew. You I know. I know I where knew. every book is. I will say though that I now cannot I cannot yeah. live like that. Well, that's fair. I Well, then I truly get, it like things get wrinkled, you know? Yeah, and also my brain just gets cluttered, I feel like. Wow. If there's stuff all over my room. Mm-mm. Brain gets cluttered. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm a little. That makes freak. sense to me. If you if you're cluttered <laughs> externally, it yes. reflects an internal cluttering. Yes, and if I had Ooh. my way, this is getting heavy. My yeah. room would be a white room. <laughs> Didn't you just paint it white? I actually did paint it white, but I'm I mean say, more more so like that an dream a empty reality. room with a mattress yeah. and a little <laughs> Zen garden. <laughs> Can you have any sheets? A blankie? Not a blanket. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. But in a plain color, like Mm. gray, Mm -hmm. which I actually do have. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Crack me up. Okay. Yes. Penultimate episode. Woo. We're here. We are going to cover fascinating little creature. Today we're talking about the one, the only. Catherine Howard. Woo! She is the second of three Catherines we'll talk about <laughs> in this series. Mm-hmm. She is the fifth wife of Henry VIII. But first, we begin with her very sad early life. Oh, man. Again? I don't know <laughs> about what year she was born. <laughs> Here, we, This is like, it's deja vu. Yeah, why not? Yeah, why she not? She was either born... In around 1520 or 1524. Mm-hmm. Okay. It seems... That, that actually feels like a relatively large... Four years. Yeah. For someone who, spoiler yeah. alert, doesn't live that long. That's that's like a fifth of her life. Did I do that right? right? Is that math? <gasps> I did it right. Oh, my God. Sorry. Okay. Whew, that was exciting. Well, that we don't know exciting. until what age she lives yet. But I do. So I know I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> well now we all do 
Mm-hmm. Keep going. Keep going. I'm. It seems like she lived around. She was born around 1520. Now her. She is born into an extremely illustrious line of mm. um, like British aristocracy. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a early descendant of the not early. I, well, I guess. I mean, early. She she's like third generation of the into the Dukes of Norfolk, which are like mm. they're extremely powerful in the kingdom. Um, Thomas Howard, who's the second Duke of Norfolk, is her grandfather, mm-hmm. and he is also Anne Boleyn's grandfather, which means that Catherine Howard and Anne Boleyn are first cousins. Let's break it down for a second. Ooh. Thomas married Elizabeth Tilney. And, um, they had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten kids. She died. And then he married her cousin the same year. So she died on the 4th of April and by this, if of 1497 in that Mm -hmm. same year on the 17th of August, he marries her cousin Agnes Tilney and they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven kids. So he has 17 kids. Is and he they actively involved in their upbringing? Pretty much all live. Uh, no, of course not. Cool. God, no. God, well, no. that makes it easy. That makes but it easy. But it makes him like this kind of Ugh, lord yeah. over everyone because he, he has so many kids. He right. has two kids named Catherine. He's got two Thomases. He's got... Why? Why would well, you they do ran that? out of names? He's got two Elizabeths. Does he Stop. have two? There aunts? have to be more names. Hold up, I'm not done. <laughs> it just makes me laugh so hard. Jesus. Well, he had a second round. You I know? understand that, but you don't name the second round after the first <laughs> round. What if you do? What? Who? Who, who are you to say? Then when no, you okay. say, "Hey, Tom, get over him? here," <laughs> two little kids run over, and you're like, "Oof, I'm not sure which one I meant, honestly." But they ain't that little. <laughs> Fine. Okay, so, 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 his third son, Lord Edmund Howard, is mm-hmm. Catherine Howard's papa. He is not important. He's the third son, and this is still when things are run via primogeniture, which means the eldest son inherits everything. It keeps the estate together and the money in the fam. Mm. He, um, so he's the third son by the first marriage. Had he been like the fourth son of the second marriage, he would be like equally unimportant, like as unimportant as being the third son of the first marriage. It's just mm-hmm. like if you're not number one, no one gives a shit. Um, right. He, like his brothers, two of his brothers were really f- good friends of Henry VIII, mm-hmm. but it seems like no one cared about Edmund. And um, until around the field of the cloth of gold, cool really cool historical event y'all if we didn't we talked about it like a little bit i think with Anne, but i mm. love it this happened in 1520 he was there and then um he, so he he became with thomas cromwell's assistant a little more important and then like a couple years after that he was dismissed from the post that made him slightly more important so it just seems like he wasn't great he married um joyce culpepper who was a widow, she already had five kids from her first marriage. By her second marriage, she had one, two, three, four, five, six kids. 
-hmm. six kids. Yeah, three sons, three daughters. By her first marriage, she had two sons and three daughters. Yeah, 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 yeah. By her first marriage, she had five kids. By her second marriage, she had six kids. That is 11. Oh. But it was twice. Two marriages. It's not like the body, like, resets when you have a new set of children. (laughs) No, it does not. I think we talked about this with uh, my love, Eleanor of Aquitaine. Yeah, lots of Hmm. freaking kids. So she... Catherine Howard is the second youngest of that second brood. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she is the least important of a very unimportant son. Ooh, and her mother died probably in and around, they're saying 1531. So when she would have been maybe 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. And her father remarried twice after no, three times after no twice after that but they didn't have any more kids thank god the howard brood stopped reproducing for a second so she's born into this family but at this point it's like so diluted because there are so many freaking kids and kids of kids and kids of kids that like at this point it's you know if you go anywhere but the very top of that line you're you're virtually unimportant and so that's exactly what happened um, just so we get how she is related to Anne by the second Duke of Norfolk's first marriage to Elizabeth Tilney. This is Catherine Howard's grandparents. The first marriage where he had like 10 kids. The second to youngest daughter, Elizabeth, married Thomas Boleyn and was the mother of Anne Boleyn. So her father and Anne Boleyn's mother, our brother and sister. Therefore, she and Anne Boleyn are first cousins. Yeah? Sure. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Anne Boleyn's mommy is her aunt. Anne Boleyn's, Anne Boleyn's mom, mom is, is her brother's Howard's is, aunt. It's her, it's her father's sister. Yeah. Got it. Yeah? Cool. Mm-hmm. Just really wanted to make sure because it gets uh, annoying. I, the, okay. the, the mm-hmm. description of the trajectory... Yeah. Lost me a couple times. That's fair. There's so many kids, right? But the final sentence made sense. Secure, secured me right back in. Solid. Okay. <laughs> so her mom died either in like 1528 or 1531. We don't even mm-hmm. get to know when this poor woman died. Um, and her father died around 1539, just so you know, but we'll get we'll get into that. So she was probably born. Um, in Lambeth and she was sent with a lot of her siblings to live with her father's stepmother that second wife who had seven kids some Mm -hmm. of whom have the same names as the kids from the first marriage and this woman's name is Agnes Howard she's the dowager duchess of Norfolk and man she ran a loose household she had a ton of money and so many so many servants and all people were sent to be like wards of her household like kids of aristocratic families were sent to live there and be educated there and that was really common but Hmm. she just didn't give a shit so she like had no involvement with bringing up these wards and her female wards and attendants and Hmm. just didn't seem to care probably took that money pocketed more of it and just said here's a dormitory try not to fuck each other well guess what they did Guess what? So she like 
<laughs> Guess what, y'all? She had a little hostel on her hands. Yeah, like legitimately. It said that some of the girls stole food, wine, and gifts from the kitchens for the boys wow. to come over into the girls' sleeping area. And they like I mean, partied. Yeah, they're like teenagers who are yeah, left alone. Exactly. Like it's not nuts. So Catherine is educated. She can read and write, but she is not very well educated. I'd say Jane Seymour was much more educated than Catherine. Mm. Which mm-hmm. isn't saying all that much. Right. Um I mean she she is was literate, so that's impressive. Like good for her. A lot of people weren't. Um she was said to be very vivacious, very giggly. And now we're gonna re-enter one of my favorite uh ongoing roasts of this series. David Starkey. <laughs> Yay. There we go. And <laughs> David Lowe, another one. Oh, they- Oh yeah, we bring we bring we bring both Davids in. It's it's um, getting hot in here. It's getting hot in here because they both suck so hard. Um <laughs> there's no reason for everyone to like impugn her character. They go out of their way to say she was a stupid flighty girl. And I think did that's you know, just uncalled for. Did you know that we got a lovely Instagram we DM? We did. We really did. Loved it. Was it. So wonderful. And I wanna say Shout out to you. Yes. And I'm grateful. And I have that book and I have read it now. And I'm, thank you so much. Um, it was such a cute message. It was really lovely. I'm choosing to still mm. reference them because I love how stupid Mr. Not stupid. Yeah. And I think if, if we provide the context of these people are overly opinionated yeah, so <laughs> and we why? cannot, we cannot listen to their opinions. However, yeah. They do give interesting information underneath those opinions that we're talking yeah. about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but also, it's just kind of fun for me to say, like, you suck, David Starkey. And again, okay. David Starkey, if you're listening. Love to have hey. a chat. Have hey. a chat. Let's talk about <laughs> your internalized misogyny. Come okay, on the pod, so David. Come on the pod, David. Let's have a chit chat about <laughs> women and their value in society. Okay. So, um <laughs> According to him, she was a quick developer, both physically and mentally. Ew. Yeah. Was he there? Apparently. Can you can you believe everyone that? Everyone says that. Everyone Even in historical writing, yeah. women's bodies are sexualized. I oh am my God. sick of it. By I am way, sick of it. Is, she is a preteen. I am ill with anger. Of course. Okay, this is why i still going. reference them because it's funny to me to say how much oh, so gross he and here's where we were, will enter a conversation that for the past i don't know 600 plus years has been overly um how shall i say opinionated by mm. the mores of the times and by that i mean when catherine was around mind you she's effectively being educated in a fairly interesting household that was very unlike most of the households at the time mm-hmm. um and she's being educated to a degree but not in the way that she would have been expected to have been even though again she's the daughter of an unimportant she's an unimportant daughter of an unimportant son of a mm-hmm. duke um but she is still a howard she still has that name and that that will come into play. So around 1536, if that's to be believed, Catherine is either 16 
or 12. Okay. I'm going to go with, here's the thing. I want to say 15, 20, but I, I'm, I've been reading so much. It does seem like she might, it seems like 15, 24 might be more likely just considering her age when her mother passed away and like the, the, the conversations around that. But Hmm. in either way, she's either 16 or, or 12 and a man around his either early to mid twenties or late thirties. There's no, (laughs) they don't know. Her music teacher is a man named Henry Mannix. Hmm. And according to everyone, they begin a relationship, but let's have Hmm. a little chat about that. Someone who's 12 or even 16 in a room alone with a man who, or older person who is an adult is not in the capacity to give actual consent. Right. They're not, that's not mm-hmm. how it works. Right. So either way, what happens with Henry Mannix is from my interpretation, she's being groomed and absolutely. She is a young girl. She's beautiful. She is, to quote David Starkey, an early developer. Um, (laughs) Vomit. Um, And, of course, she's in a household with very little supervision. And Henry Mannix is her music teacher, someone she would trust. And he starts grooming her. And it seems like she, though, does understand that she is more important than him. (laughs) She is a Howard. He is no one. So Mm -hmm. he's like grooming, grooming, grooming. She will not have sex with him. He wants Mm. her virginity. It's all really toxic. And she really didn't want anything to do with him at some point. And it seems like he understood that. And so he started gossiping to the servants about what had gone on between them, even if nothing had or very little had. And then it seemed like it didn't matter what she did or didn't do because everyone's talking about it. Right. The rumors are more important than the truth. Yes. Legitimately. Um, That was enough to condemn a woman at the time. Yeah. So she, it seems like what happened was he groped her. Um, I will not say that they engaged in consensual behavior because there's, to me, there's nothing consensual about a relationship where the power dynamics are so off. Um, Yeah. And she is so young. Mm -hmm. And so what he says something really crass about her later. We'll chat. Of all the things in history that we haven't been able to have written down. Why this? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because, uh, spoiler alert, we have a trial transcript transcript that's been pretty well documented. So. Yeah, I I see how this is going to play out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get ready. I I see it. (laughs) So. About two years into this unconsensual relationship, she, um, he got, Mr. Mannix got married and kind of moved on a little bit in his life. And after that, a secretary of the Dowager Duchess, Francis Durham, started pursuing her. And this guy, she actually really liked him. She still was fairly young, um, but... You know, she didn't seem to be, she seemed to be actually really into him, wanted to be with him, but also kind of did understand 
he was a little more important than Henry Mannix, but again, she was still a Howard. So there mm-hmm. was that dynamic, but they start having a physical relationship, which is, which is really interesting in the dormitory. And this will come into play later. Um, it seems like Mary Lassels, who's a woman who will um, come into play. She is, I believe one of the Dowager Duchess's head ladies or maids. Um, and the girls in this dormitory would get Mary Lassels to steal the key to their room and bring it to them so that they could indulge the men who wanted to visit them. That's what is being said. They had, okay. quote, wine, strawberries, apples, and other things to make good cheer. Apples. Yeah, I mean, it sounds fun. Yeah, apples, I was going to say, out of yeah, all the, the things on that weird. list. Apples are weird. Maybe at the time. And at, <laughs> and at this point, he's, Durham is sending her gifts and tokens. And Mannix, however married, is now real fucking jealous. So he sends a letter to the Dowager Duchess and it says, Your Grace, it shall be meet you, take good heed to your gentlewomen, for if it shall like you half an hour after you shall abed to rise suddenly and visit their chamber, you shall see that which shall displease you. But if you make anybody of counsel, you shall be deceived. Make then fewer, your secretary, i.e., your secretary Francis Durham is fucking the ladies. Yeah, you and if you go there, you you won't want to see it. You won't. You don't want to see it. You don't. And of course, she storms in, and uh, <laughs> is furious. And Catherine is like, "Wait, wait, wait! Who who who's setting these rumors around?" Mm. And she finds it. She sees it. And she realizes it's Mannix. Um, and Durham and her kind of start fizzling out. He referred to her as his wife. It it doesn't really seem official, but it could have been like a pre-contract. If they vowed themselves, if they made vows to each other and then had sex in the eyes of the church, they are married. So, um, okay. It, Hmm. it, it, that will come into play later. Boo, Mm -hmm. boo, hiss. Um, so her uncle, the oldest brother, the Duke of Mm -hmm. Norfolk is like, Anne of Cleves is on her way out. I got this hot young niece. I'm throwing (laughs) her into court. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You do know that uncles married nieces. That did happen. That's great. Yeah. It's really gross. Um, so Deerham is like, why would you leave? And, um, (laughs) and she said, he said, he said, I, I can't stay here that long. I, I don't know what to do without you. And her reply to him was, you might do as you list. She like, doesn't care. Um, as, you, as you list? Yeah. Like, do what you want. Mm-hmm. Whatever, you know. And and she was really excited to come to court. Again, she's vivacious. She's young. She's beautiful. And all of a sudden, her really, really wealthy uncle is giving her tons of money and beautiful dresses. And they play it up. And she is just, like, living her best life. She's in this you know, the center of society and culture, and Mm. she's getting all of this wonderful attention. And Anne of Cleves is really on her way out. Thomas Cromwell's about to be beheaded. And the Duke of Norfolk is like, this is my shot. Mm -hmm. And the Howards had a lot of influence when Anne Boleyn was queen, because again, they're all related. And the Howards were fairly conservative religiously. And so this they saw as another opportunity to kind of bring back Roman Catholicism. 
So again, everyone's being used for ulterior motives and they shove Catherine kind of in front of the King and he immediately is taken with her immediately. He is gross. He is old. I think he's 50 at this time, which doesn't make him gross and old. What does make him gross and old is that he has a festering open leg ulcer that has to be drained of gross crap every single day. He is morbidly obese, won't stop eating. And uh, that's uh, isn't that 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 disease where you like overindulge? Do you know what I'm talking about? I can't remember the name of it. It's like a thing that kings get gout. Oh, yes, he absolutely had gout. Yes, is that gout, he did though? absolutely. He did gout the thing where you like. Many. Oh, okay. It can be caused by many things. One of one of the things that can be caused by is yes, uh, being obese uh, and overindulging in certain kinds of foods. Yeah, got it. So he absolutely has gout, but this leg wound seems to have originated um, in an old like dueling injury. Mm. I think it could have been a diabetic ulcer. Could have been many things. Well, if it's not healing, right? Yes, real freaking gross. Um, it's like really, really gross. So the king is like, oh my God, I fucking love her. And Anne of Cleves is starting to leave court. And in the spring of 1540, they consummated this relationship. Mm. Poor girl. Um, he said about her... He had never known the like to any woman. It was said he called her, called her the very jewel of womanhood. <laughs> he gave her land and cloth that was very expensive. And uh, yeah. At this point, she was uh, probably painted by Holbein. Mm. We will post this photo. Or of course. Painting, of me. course. A classic. Um, she's got that classic Howard hooked nose. Oh, is so. that a... Th- Oh. oh, it's a thing. Oh, oh it's wow. a thing. You look up Annie Howard. I bet if you go even now, you could find a hook now. Anyway, okay. Genetics um, are crazy, man. I'm telling you. It's just like if you look at the bourbons, like the line of um, uh, 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 Marie Antoinette, and um, they all have this like horrific, they have these like watery eyes and like weird chin and nose. Hey. What? <laughs> Be nice to Marie Antoinette. I adore her. We will talk about her one day. But what I'm saying is that was a, she was like known for having like the traits of her family. I understand. I understand. Okay. So (laughs) these men in court are very predatory and Mm. she is of course being claimed by the ultimate guy at court, however gross he might be at this point and however young she might be. And what, what the king didn't know was that Catherine had met a man that she had fallen in love with. His name is Thomas Culpepper. Mm. He is a cousin of hers distantly. Remember her mama's a Culpepper. Right. And he was handsome around her age. What a shocking. That's all it took. (laughs) (laughs) No, but how dare she like someone attractive her own age? I know. And they really did seem to love each other. And it seems like, it seems like they were devoted to each other and wanted to get married. Mm-hmm. But the king comes in and, and takes precedence, obviously. But she still has this man that she loves. Um, she is now, however, engaged to the king. She is mm-hmm. married, as we discussed last time, the same day that Thomas Cromwell is executed. 
Right. Right. Yes. He's 49. She's maybe 19. Um, her motto is uh, no other will but his. It's in French. Mm. Um, the marriage is officially made public at Hampton Court. And everyone's like, woo. And he's like, I love my young wife. And so he's just throwing money at her. It seems like he gave her a lot more gifts than he gave other other women. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but it seems like he's just like, you want furs and pearls and diamonds and rubies and whatever, it's yours. I will happily give it to you. And it, it seems like he has a renewed uh, vigor in his life. Mm-hmm. He, of course, as we remember, just for the life of him, couldn't get it up for poor Anne of Cleves. She was not poor. She fucking won. Um, but... Uh, Catherine, of course, the young hot Catherine, uh, he was fine with that poor girl. So, um, you know, clearly the problem, again, was Anne of Cleves. Um, So she, everyone was having a great time. They have a new young queen. She could be pregnant. They don't know. Everyone's really happy. Um, She's given a castle. She's given, you know, all of the stuff. More Howards come to court. She's wearing like French clothes because she's like super fashionable. The plague is happening, but she's like, I'm going to leave London. So it's totally fine. And they, he starts like his ulcerous legs, which is just something I wanted to say, start really bothering him. And he starts becoming a bit paranoid and he starts to be sad that he executed Cromwell. And then Easter comes around and maybe she's pregnant. And around the 15th of April, 1541, if she's pregnant, they'll crown her effectively queen. Hmm. Now, at this point, she, I believe, had appointed Thomas Culpepper her private secretary. And this will prove to be, unfortunately, her downfall. They, I, I can see why. Yeah. <laughs> she had wanted to marry him. And it is said that they were meeting secretly by the spring of 1541. And it's said that these meetings were arranged by a fascinating woman. Her name is Jane Boleyn. Hmm. She is the widow of George Boleyn, Anne Boleyn's brother. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Again, her cousin. Mm -hmm. Or married to a cousin. Right. They're saying, so rumors start abound. Now, it, it seems like what actually is happening is, the king is like loving this young wife. She is young. She could live for a long time. And her family is powerful and is becoming powerful because of that. And it seems like a lot of people don't love that. So one of Cromwell's main supporters is a man named John Lassels. Do you remember that last name? Mm. His sister Mary may have uh, worked for the Dowager Duchess of Norfolk. Mm-hmm. And she may have been the one who supposedly was forced to give a key to the girl's dormitory to one Ah. now queen of England. Mm -hmm. And he, John's like complaining about Catherine to his sister. And Mary's like, well, when uh, I was in that household, she fucked everything that moved. And he's like, (laughs) really? And he goes to Thomas Cramner and uh, Thomas Cramner interrogates her. Who, of course, then, you know, Mary's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She uh, had sex before she was married to the king. Mm -hmm. Cramner now is like, 
perfect. I'm a Protestant. I hate the Catholic Norfolk family. Let's do this. Mm -hmm. And under threat of torture, because this is how people were interrogated for the veracity of truth of what they're saying, it was torture. Lady Rochford, who's Jane Boleyn, starts becoming, she starts getting interrogated. She is scared that she will become, she will get tortured. And she is now watching, she says that she watched for Catherine, um, like behind, in the backstairs of her suite, um, as Culpepper, like, was able to come to and from her room. Mm -hmm. Now, this was starting to become investigated more closely. And they found a love letter written by Catherine Howard to Thomas Culpepper. It is still in existence. Um, The letter itself in the lovely work by uh, David Starkey is just like, oh, proves to you how stupid she was just terribly terribly written like he's commenting on the the fucking writing of the letter yeah why would even fucking say that to him i know i know i know i'm mad i'm mad so she says basically to him if i love you uh if you will come lady roastford will be here and will help you um basically come to see me it's like detailing a sneaky plot to a degree it says we'll we'll post it master culpepper mm-hmm. i heartily recommend me unto you praying you to send me word how that you do like how are you um i was i heard that you were sick i'm just hoping that you're doing okay and i would love to see you and speak with you which hopefully we'll do soon um you know i i just don't want us to ever be a I don't want you to leave me. It makes me really sad to not have you in my company. And um, I hope that when you come here, um, Lady Rochford will help. We'll make sure what is she Lady Rochford is here for then I shall be best at leisure to be at your commandment. Um, which they, of course, take they the interrogators take to mean that she is, of course, having an affair with him. Mm-hmm. Thanking you um, for that you promised me to be so good unto that poor man, fellow my man, which is one of the griefs that I do feel to depart from him. Just, you know, be good to the guy who's sending this letter. I'm trusting you. I hope that you take him with you um, and that you give him a horse so that, like, he can send this letter back or, like, take a letter back to me. I hope I'll see you again soon. Um and she signs it, yours as long as life endures, Catherine. Hmm. And by all, for all intents and purposes, her love for him had not waned. Right. Obviously. And Thomas Cramner saw a closeness between them and decided this was his chance to get rid of the, like we said before, the, the Catholic Howards. He... The king uh, in November of uh, 1541 is informed of this. He is distraught. Now, of course, this investigation has impugned the queen's character since she was a young child, that she has known multiple men. And Cramner sees this as, you know, like perfect fodder. He tells the king and the king is very sad 
and wants the charges investigated. And of course. he said, you know, I, I think she's fine, but like, I guess we have to look into it just in case. And <laughs> they really do talk to Mary Lassels again. Mm-hmm. Mannix, Henry Mannix gets um, interrogated. And according to Mary Lassels, I am quoting this. I am not saying this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mary Lassels said, I, I told him like he shouldn't have, you know, what is she? She reproached him for his folly and presumption. Henry Mannix uh, regarding Catherine, like you shouldn't know her carnally. And he says, quote, I know her well enough for I have had her by the cunt and I know it among a hundred and she loves <gasps> me and I love her. And she hath said to me that I shall have her maidenhood, though it be painful to her and not doubting that I will be good to her hereafter. <gasps> okay. Was that a little more normal to say then, or is that just as shocking? Um, it was. It's more normal in the same way that people in England say it more than we do. You know, got it, got it. But uh, I mean, well, this just became. I kind of love that word. I know I'm not supposed to. Um, <laughs> this just became an explicit episode. No, we've actually cursed. Multiple we've been times cursing already. the whole time. We've yeah, I understand. <laughs> um, so unfortunately, basically, though, what he's saying is, yeah, I fucked her. Or I right, wanted to. Right. And remember, this is the guy that she was like, I, I don't I don't really want this. Um, but again, he's been grooming her for years as her music teacher. Right. It is said that, you know, basically he cornered her and like groped her. Um, unfortunately. Right. right. And she is forced by him. She didn't want to have sex with him. And Catherine supposedly replied, okay, he says, I just want to feel your privates. And she goes... At this point, she's been worn down by Mannix, and she says, I'm content, so as you will desire no more than that. So basically just says, like, just don't do anything else. Like, I don't I don't really want this. So then, yeah, again, not consent. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Um, he's super super pleased with himself and he is being pressured and he's like, yeah, 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 this happened. I fucked the queen or at least Mm -hmm. knew her. Deerham Mm -hmm. absolutely is like, Oh, I had carnal knowledge with the queen lying in bed with her in my doublet and hosen diverse times and six or seven times in naked bed with her. Oh my gosh. So everyone's coming out of the woodwork. Oh yeah, me too. Mary Lassels is in the fricking center of this. Thanks Mary. I know. The one thing is the woman who, so girls in the dormitory slept two to a bed 
Alice mm-hmm. Restwood, who was sharing Catherine's bed, said that there was, quote, such puffing and blowing between Catherine and Durham that Alice was weary of the same. Oh, my gosh. And it said that his noises were a running joke in the maiden's chamber, quote, hark to Durham broken winded. Okay, so everyone's, like, corroborating. Yeah, and it seems that people are... But what people are saying is a lot of hearsay about what Catherine's part in all of this is. And, you know, all of a sudden, he is so upset, and the king starts crying, and he goes, who have I been fooled by? You know, whatever. They summon everyone to the council, including the Duke of Norfolk, her uncle, Henry leaves under the cover mm-hmm. of night for London mm-hmm. and Catherine was never to see him again. Wow. He had no interest in uh, ever kind of being near this woman and Catherine. That's such a 180. It's truly, I mean, it. you know, the one thing Starkey does say is as always with Henry, the break with an about to be discarded wife was clean and clinical. Right. Right, yeah. And she has been informed of the charges now at this point against her, Mm -hmm. and she collapses. Yeah, understandably. her, she was like, whoa, 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 none of this is true. And they're like, here's all this evidence. And we have it rehearsed because we've been planning this for a while. And she's like, well, then basically, what can I say? Yeah. She had another interview with Cranmer. So Cramner's the one heading all this, mm-hmm. where supposedly she wrote a full confession. She begged the king's mercy. She said, I was young. I didn't know anything. I was, quote, blinded with desire of worldly glory that I could not nor had grace to consider how great a fault it was to conceal my former faults from your majesty. So at this point, what they're doing is they're changing laws. They're now making it illegal for a woman to marry the king without informing her, him within 60 days of their marriage or something mm-hmm. of her sexual past. Okay, great. It's illegal. It is, in fact, treason. Sure. And she is, you know, he's saying, like, I, I get it. It sucks. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately, this is what's happening. And she is beside herself. Again, she's 20 years old at most. So she, Cramner handles her apparently with real kindness, which doesn't make any sense because he's the one leading this against her. <laughs> and false kindness. he said, quote, I found her in such lamentation and heaviness as I never saw no creature so that it would have been pitied any man's heart to have looked upon her. Well, how would he feel if he was being condemned in this way? Well, exactly. But that's not, you know, he lacked empathy apparently as a human being. So this is just a straight up lie. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, great. (laughs) He takes everything out of her room that she might use to commit suicide. (laughs) Great. And then she is told that the king has decided to grant her mercy. And she's going to be beheaded. Very kind. Very merciful. She was obviously beside herself, terrified, yeah, scared, and her mm-hmm. whole family was being brought in on this. 
and as in everyone's going to be beheaded as in everyone's going to be beheaded <gasps> but the dowager duchess of norfolk is like i had nothing to do with this shit and then norfolk the duke is like uh, i didn't want to do it i didn't want to, i had nothing to do i and they immediately distance themselves from her again the duke of norfolk threw her into court to get influence and he's like i don't know this girl right she does that work yeah yeah do, I mean, I mean, are they saved from beheading by doing that? Yeah. Okay. It seems like at this point, Lady Rocheford has made her confessions about her part and all of this known. And it's tricky to know why. She is the wife of a man who got beheaded. Her sister-in-law was beheaded because of adultery. And it seems like she's saying, like, I'm going to help you commit adultery to the queen. That doesn't make any sense to me. That would mean that this woman has no sense of self-preservation, which I don't think is true. Hmm. And effectively, this whole thing reads like a novel. It's dramatic. Um, They're saying that Culpepper and the queen resumed their affair after she was married to the king. And Catherine, it it kind of becomes down to the fact that legally they're saying that Catherine and Derham were married. And if they were married, it means that Catherine's marriage to King Henry was invalid. That's bigamy, you know, and it would have let him just annul their marriage and she could have lived in poverty instead of him killing her. Mm -hmm. Not that he would have, but she could have. Right. But Catherine absolutely refuses. She says, no, we were not married. He raped me. Right. So it is in no, it makes no sense for her to maintain that it, it is absolutely against her sense of any sense of self-preservation mm. Catherine might have to right. say he raped me if she said yes we were married before it could have saved her life and she knew the stakes and, and she said no she's choosing me. the truth over death yes which over of life, course I mean. for my mind then puts into clear view that these weren't equitable sexual relationships between consenting people and absolutely. why is there debate 600 fucking years later I think we all know why. <laughs> I know, but it makes me mad. <laughs> I know. So again, the letter isn't great where she's saying like, I, I long to see you, Mr. Culpepper. It does mm-hmm. seem like they did kind of start up a relationship, whether or not they were sexual with each other after her marriage. I don't have any proof of that. Right. It seems like Lady, the only proof is after being tortured for a long time, Lady Rochford's like, yeah, I let them into the same room and I helped look out. Mm-hmm. But I guess maybe, I, I don't want to say, you know, that they didn't or couldn't, but I don't have an answer. I don't know for sure. Right. Um, at this point, though, with everything that's being told, you know, brought against Catherine, she has no mm-hmm. shot. And so on the 23rd of November, 1541, she's stripped of her title as queen. She's imprisoned. Um, She returns a ring, effectively her marriage ring. Mm. Um, She was never, like, nothing was ever, like, her marriage wasn't officially annulled, but there you go. So Thomas Culpepper and Francis Derham were arraigned on the 1st of December, 1541, for high treason by carnally knowing the now queen, ex post facto. Wow. They were executed on the 10th of December. <gasps> oh my God. Culpepper was beheaded. Durham was hanged, drawn, and quartered. Their heads were placed on spikes on London Bridge and were oh. there for six years. Oh. Her uncle distanced himself. <sighs> Jesus. 
Everyone distanced themselves from her. She was in limbo until the 29th of January. I'm sorry. She was alive when they were... Yep. Oh. A bill of attainder was passed saying that it's treason punishable by death for a queen concert. Yeah, 20 days of marriage. To fail to disclose her sexual history to the king within 20 Mm. days of marriage or to incite someone to commit adultery with her. Wow. And it retroactively means that Catherine is guilty. There was no formal trial. When they came to tell her, she panicked and screamed and ran and they captured her, put her into a barge. She was transported to the Tower of London on the 10th of February in 1542. Mm. She passed under London Bridge where she would have seen the I was just about to ask that. Yeah. I was just about to ask. And it, yeah. I, and if she was able to see from where she was in the tower too. 100%. Yeah. Okay, great. She entered through Traitor's Gate, was led to a cell, and her execution was scheduled for Monday the 13th of 1542. Oh. And now this is what's interesting to me. Hmm. Catherine requests an execution block so that she can practice how to lay her head upon it. Hmm. And it says in Mr. David Starkey's book that she was materialistic to the end. And this was a effective way. Hold on. I'm trying to find the quote because it's real fucking stupid. Oh, yeah. By the way, when the delegation came for her, they were like, what do you say to defend yourself? And she's like, at this point, she's she's been so beaten down. She says, I'm guilty against the most high God and kind prince. And she had asked that Henry not impute her crime to her whole family. And, and it just seems like at this point, she's just like, I, I know I'm dying. I know I'm going to die. And oh, here it is. So yeah, she, she prepares herself. She asks to um, lay her head upon the block. She wants to know how to do it. And according to Mr. David Starkey, and I quote, like so much in Catherine's life, Her preparation for death was curiously materialistic. Why? What does that mean? Why would he say that? I thought, oh, I thought you did know why he, I was about to say why. Yeah. (laughs) Why would he interpret it that way? I think this is a woman who's like, unfortunately, does he think think she, she wants to like look good? Yeah. That's what he's saying. I think she is clearly like, this is a woman who is, to be scared for your life to that degree, to be terrified and to know you're about to die. And it doesn't matter what you do or say you've been declared guilty regardless of your part in any of this. They made Mm -hmm. a new law so that whatever you did before you were even married to the King or had met him, you are guilty. When the law did not exist. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She, I mean, anyone in, their right mind would no longer be in their right mind. And I don't think she wasn't again. Yeah. She's a child. She's maybe 20, 21 at most, I think. Like, so she's asking for the block and wants to know what it feels like. I feel like she wanted to prepare herself so she wouldn't be scared in front of other people. That's what I think. Mm. And I also think she wasn't, at that point, her mental facilities were most likely not perfectly perfect. 
Because whose would be? No, I'm the the image of being able to see the heads on the yeah. bridge is is a very intense one to me. Yeah. And again, they left them up there for four years. Yeah. That's <laughs> unbelievable. She says, um, okay, Darcy, be quiet. Sorry, he licks Simone. He's real cute. The next day she is brought to the Tower of Green. She quote, desired all Christian people to take regard unto her worthy and just punishment. She had offended God heinously from her youth upward in breaking all of his commandments. And she had offended against the king's royal majesty very dangerously. She required the people to take example of her for amendment in their ungodly lives and to obey the king in all things. She prayed for the king's preservation and willed all people to do so. She commended her soul to God and called for mercy from him. What was public opinion of her? Positive? I don't know. Hmm. Because there's something fascinating about how it feels like in a lot of these cases, they speak of obeying the person who betrayed them. It, it, it was expected to some point that she would say what she said. Okay, it's expected, but when you are standing there and no one is stopping you from saying whatever you want and you're about to be killed anyways... Like, well, what are they going to threaten you with? Death? <laughs> like... According to popular folklore, and this is something our listeners may have heard, she is mm. supposed to have said, quote, I die a queen, but I would have rather died the wife of Culpepper. Oh, so she did get a jab in. But she didn't say that. It's a, it's a. It, it, no. We don't. Okay. I don't know if she said that. I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to think she said that. Okay. I feel she like says effectively, <laughs> I deserve what I'm getting. And I just she, don't believe that. But at that point, you have to understand it's not she just. She had been told that so many times. Also, you're about to die, and the only thing that your whole life has mattered about is whether or not you're making it to heaven or hell. And in and this last additionally, moment, she's asking for mercy from God and forgiveness. Right, that is right. the central tenet of Christianity. Right, right, That right. anyone can be forgiven. That is still there. Yeah, that does make And sense. she is there in her last moment saying, please have mercy upon my family. Mm. Please, you know, the king is a good king. Because that's, the king is God's representative on earth. And she has, right. she has apparently done him great harm. Right, right, right. So she is there. And additionally, I I don't know if she's manipulative in this way, but if this is attended by an audience, which I'm assuming it was, yeah, Mm -hmm. uh, part of me wonders, you know, by being, by speaking in that way. Yeah. Let me put this thought together. (laughs) No worries. Like, if you go up and you're raving mad and acting evil then the people will be like yeah kill her she seems bad whereas it's kind of hard to see someone who seems kind and uh um regretful Mm. and uh on honoring god and honoring the king and apologizing for their sins it's kind of sad to see someone 
expressing those thoughts then be killed. <laughs> I agree. Not that she was trying to manipulate the audience into being no. like, screw you, King. Mm -mm. But part of me wonders. Yeah. I think, again, like, I just, I don't know what else to say except, like, she is a kid. Yeah. And she's faced with death. I mean, it, do you know what's really interesting? I'm having a memory. When I was very little, I was given by one of the most wonderful women of my life, Gina Lou Platt, a series of books called The Princess Diaries, not like the movie, mm -hmm. they're unrelated. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, they were diaries from the perspective of um, historical women. That's how I mm. first read about Eleanor of Aquitaine. I think we talked about that. And well, that's an influential gift in your life. Unbelievable. She gave me like six or seven of these books. I still that have them. That is so cute. They have a point of pride on my bookshelf. That is so cute. I love them. I still reread them. They're beautifully wow. written. And it Aww. was a huge, I first started reading them, I think when I was seven, six or seven. Mm -hmm. that's and what I remember is in, I mean, I'm weird. What I remember though <laughs> is that in the diary about Elizabeth the first, mm -hmm. Elizabeth has a memory whenever she's at Hampton court of a ghost of Catherine Howard screaming, running down the hallway, pleading for her life. Mm. And that stuck with me as a child. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> seems, <laughs> seems like it might. <laughs> But it is never to the point where every time I've read about Catherine Howard, that has colored my opinion. Oh, interesting. And I think, I don't think that's wrong. I think it really put into perspective for me, like, this is a very terrified kid. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that did or didn't happen. It most likely didn't. These were, you know, fictionalized diaries, but mm. whatever it was, I can't, I can't, I'm, I don't want to put myself in that mindset because I think it's just so terrifying. Mm -hmm. um, so, and do you know what's interesting too? So Lady Rochford um, was also condemned to death and was executed right after Catherine. Mm -hmm. This is a woman whose sister-in-law and brother were executed not that many years before. Mm-hmm. She is said to have also, quote, shown the symptoms of madness mm. until the very moment when they had announced to her that she must die, but she too made a good end. Mm. So these women, you know, it, it didn't matter what they did. It didn't matter what they said. They were condemned before, you know, Catherine, for things that happened <laughs> before she even knew she would marry the king. And whether or not they were consensual, that didn't matter. Because again, the law said anyone who would incite her to Yeah, adultery. which is kind of impossible to prove. Mm -hmm. Probably purposefully. So Catherine was beheaded with one stroke of the axe, which is actually merciful, considering what happened to other people. Yes. And she was maybe buried in an unmarked grave. She didn't have her head on the bridge? No, no. That is okay. the, she was a queen. Her husband. <laughs> well, I, 
she no one's no for, one's really i know <laughs> adhered to any morals <laughs> according to me yet <laughs> well see here's the thing is that was their code that was don't don't break the law okay but they keep changing the law isn't that funny no <laughs> i know i know <laughs> She was buried most likely in an unmarked grave with Lady Rochefort, where Anne Boleyn and George Boleyn were also buried. However, when it was excavated during Queen Victoria's reign, um, Mm. they didn't necessarily find her body. So she's part of a, she's in a plaque that's dedicated to those who were killed in the tower. And you can go and see it. What do you mean they didn't find her body? Where was it? I don't know. Oh my gosh. Was I there? I guess not. Thanks. Unless you're secretly a vampire, which if so, confess now. I will not judge. It checks out. I'm very pale. Mm. I don't like the sun. Mm -hmm. I do have one weirdly sharp incisor. Okay. I'll go with it. (laughs) (laughs) So... Her legacy is so complicated to me because David Lodes describes Catherine as a, quote, stupid and oversexed adolescent who certainly behaved like a, a whore. I'm sorry. And that what? a denial that the denial of her pre-contract was a, quote, measure of her stupidity. <laughs> and then I'm gonna follows, lose it. hold on, follows that statement by saying she did die when she was just 20 years old and bare child. <laughs> Another woman who speaks about Queen Elizabeth I said that, quote, Catherine, a woman Uh, said this, Catherine was a, quote, as much a sexual predator as Durham and that she is to blame for her own fate. Okay. Some people denied, said that she lived a life of hedonism. She was a juvenile delinquent. Someone described her as an empty headed wanton. Oh, my. And I don't know, growing up reading things like this after I had that fairly formative snapshot reading experience of the ghost of Catherine Howard running down the hall screaming for her life mm-hmm. in, a, in a fictional diary written by Queen Elizabeth I when she was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been very protective of Catherine Howard. I, I, I think she has... Many wrongs have been done to this poor woman, mm-hmm. not least of which the fact that she was beheaded. Right. For a crime that she supposedly committed before a law made that crime illegal. Right. I think she, like many other women of this time period, like most women, was absolutely a pawn in other people's, mm. you know, bids for power. Mm-hmm. She only mattered as much as what she meant to them in that regard. Yeah. You know, I mean, I what I was reading was so offensive to me. One of the things they even said was like, oh, you know, obviously the king couldn't have like had sex with her in the missionary position. So she must have been on top. But I bet he liked that. Like, that's what actual historians are writing about this woman. It seems like all bets are off with her. And I don't understand it. And it makes me so mad. She was a that child. It's actually really bizarre. It's so bizarre. And to me, it really does really blink brings into perspective the 
I mean, just truly unbelievable misogyny regarding Mm -hmm. this woman. Yeah. Not even a woman, a child. Yeah. I don't get it. It's really clear. (laughs) They, it's, it's so unbelievably clear and it's so offensive to me Mm -hmm. and I love her and I'm just, if she's out there in the ether, (sighs) God, I wish you well. And I hope you're doing okay, girl, because your life sucked. And we see yeah. it. I'm here to rehabilitate you if I can. Do you know yeah, what's I weird? Think... I'm now on a rant. Here we go. In... Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm here. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> you guys ever watch the show The Tudors? I have not, but you're asking the audience. Watch the show because it's so confusing. Some of it is really fucking accurate. Some okay. of, like, they have... <laughs> Catherine of Aragon's like full courtroom badass woman speech to mm. the word, to the like punctuation marks. Mm. Right? And she's in there and she gets her fucking moment. She drops her mic, she walks out. Mm-hmm. But what do they do to Catherine Howard and Anne Boleyn? They have them naked most of the time. Mm. And they have Catherine Howard doing the thing where she's practicing putting her head on the block naked. Why is she naked? Why? That's interesting. I don't get it. Oh. Ah. So mad. Ooh. Oh, that's so bizarre. I'm telling you. Furious. I I mean, you know. Same. A wanton is a wanton. A what what did he call her? That's so 2D. A stupid and oversexed adolescent who certainly behaved like a whore. The David Lodes! Great quotes in this episode. David Lodes, why, great bud? Great quotes. <laughs> I will say, for those of mm. you who want to know, David Starkey did some really fucked up things, like in the last <laughs> couple of years, and Go I off. loved watching him fall. <laughs> Was he canceled? Oh, he was canceled. Look it up. He was canceled? Oh, I uh, I really don't know anything about this. Let me look is it this, up. Hang on. This is like remember? literature canceling? Not just literature. This is like... Historian canceling? This is, no, professor and historian canceling. Oh, obsessed. He said... Oh, this is in <laughs> this 2020. just becoming a roast. <laughs> <laughs> Always. <laughs> he, uh... Here we go. Here we go. (laughs) I hate him. David. He said, and I quote, (laughs) he was talking to a right wing commentator Mm -hmm. about the Black Lives Matter movement. movement, Mm -hmm. And he said, quote, and this is not my, I will preface this by saying this couldn't be further from how I feel. This is a Mm. quote. Mm. Slavery was not genocide. Otherwise, there wouldn't be so many damn blacks in Africa or in Britain, (gasps) would there? An awful lot of them survived. (gasps) Ew. Oh, that's repulsive. Oh, my gosh. He said that his uh, he admits that his comments were stupid. But no, upon they're losing not his stupid. It's worse honorary than stupid. university titles, he calls it a quote act of crass vengeance. Oh wow, wow! He says about them, "This is him going. Well, it didn't matter anyway. Ready for this? 
He says, <laughs> he's just like throwing a fit. The university appointments were merely honorary. If it can be taken away for a single word, what is the value of it? They are worthless. I have to say it this way. I sure. learned that the people conferring these distinctions have no right to do so. They represent nothing. If something that is supposedly given to you because you are a, quote, distinguished historian is taken away because a single slip of the tongue, that is not justice. That is not reason. That is not the proper correction of behavior. It is mere crass vengeance. Yeah, I think he's obviously wrong. Just to blanket statement quickly. <laughs> but um, the fact that he thinks that it's just a little stupid statement is fascinating considering that a historian, like a full-on historian, should understand the implications of saying something that inaccurate about history. Can I like, it just quote him hmm. one more time? Sure. To Nigel Farage, that little piece of shit, he said he didn't respect the universities. I don't respect them. I treat, I have to say it like this because it's just like that's the tone he's giving me. I don't respect them. I treat them with the most absolute disdain and contempt. They are not worthy of shining my shoe, that, and I'm wearing suede. <gasps> oh, oh, oh my God. He was dropped by his publisher. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I love it. His downfall was great. He's still alive. <sighs> David. By the way, he was raised a Quaker. They are wonderful people. What are you doing? Oh, wow. Some people are just born a certain way. And you can't really do anything about it. So, guys, when wow. I like to give a little roast on Sir David Starkey, I don't think he's a sir. I'm just telling yeah, you. Yeah, I think, I think the feedback, think the, the, the positive the feedback. feedback like he's not. No, but the positive feedback from our audience, I think, emboldened us. <laughs> oh, I'm ready. Yeah. It just, like, it sucks. Yeah. I mean, clearly. Wow. I didn't even... By the way, I had no idea of any of that. I was I was with you. I was ready. I, I was ready to, to dislike him just based on the way that he tells these women's stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this is a fresh layer of hell. I know. <laughs> I... <laughs> I feel like I should have prefaced that he had gotten canceled before I started roasting him, but he deserves the roast anyway. The The context would have added fuel to the fire. However, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's something kind of fun. If anyone's listening chronologically, <laughs> this was a reveal, you know, this yeah. was fun for me to I'm learn glad. now. I don't know why I didn't mention it. I really, I enjoyed watching him fall. Oh, that's my dog. He agreed. <laughs> hi darcy darcy says hi he's like i'm curled up in a ball my mom's holding me that's cute he's a really cute little baby anyway yes let's go back to katherine howard because she never gets talked about in a way that makes me happy well i was going to say i i think it's actually great that you are providing this perspective because the way that you told it I didn't even cross my mind that people would speak of her in the way that they do. Yeah, because you're a civilized, intelligent woman. Well, thank you. Yes, but also, <laughs> also <laughs> the way the, the way that you the way that you told the story didn't really. Oh, thank uh, you. The, there, there wasn't really. Um, I don't know. I, I, I didn't see the signs of uh, whorishness. <laughs> well, and that's because. 
that's because there weren't any like well no but that's what i'm saying like i'm i'm it's i think it's great that we have your perspective on that because it is important to think about it that way and also it's so easy to blame women we love it we love it's so easy it's It's so so easy easy. but to think of them as actual human beings and to remove like that little film that is over everything that's like oh it was the old days wow she was crazy like to really take it off and be like imagine yourself Mm -hmm. at 12 and 16 and 20 Mm -hmm. going through the things that she's going through it just Mm -hmm. how how could you say those things about her because you couldn't well they do though so i'm glad that this is the other side of it i'm glad that she i mean here's the thing depending on when she was born she Mm -hmm. either died when she was 15 or 20 Right. And either way, either way, this is a young person. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking about myself at 20 and I I was a fool. I was a fool. We were kids. Yeah. We didn't know anything. (laughs) No, there's evidence of that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Uh, same. Same girl, same. I mean, I was really boring, but... No, but I mean, literally, like, if you read texts that you sent yourself at that age, you'll be like, who the heck was that? Who the hell was I? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, and I'm grateful, and I thank you for saying that about her story. And for me, it's so important because this is why I love history, but this is also what gets Mm. me real freaking fired up about it. Because where in the facts of her story... Are these opinions made? They're not in the facts. Mm -hmm. They are nowhere in the facts. Yeah. Look at what happened. Have a little bit of empathy. It's hard for men, I know, but just try. (laughs) Try a little bit. Obsessed. (laughs) And, you know, like, let's just think about the fact that this this is a young person who grew up with literally no guidance. Right. No help. Yeah. Told she was unimportant. All of a mm-hmm. sudden was pretty, had boobs, and they're like, oh, send her to court. Right. Right? And yeah. this is a woman who suddenly is getting showered and by one of the most, you know, <laughs> like, important men in the world, God on earth. And he right. tells her, you're beautiful, and here are all the diamonds you've ever wanted. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm just a kid who grew up kind of poor. I didn't know. Right. And then these men tell her they love her. Or they want to be with her. And she's just like any of us, I believe. All we want, truly, all we are due and want as humans is just freaking connection. Mm-hmm. Love and actual genuine human connection. Mm-hmm. And she is no different. Mm-hmm. So these people are coming to her in a way where, you know, she's been taken advantage of her entire life. Mm-hmm. And... In her death, I think it is not only disgraceful, I think it's abhorrent that people have continued to do so for 600 years. I think it's disgusting. Yeah. We don't need to do that anymore. No. This poor girl. It ends here. Do you know what? I'm going to talk about Six the Musical again. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Samantha Polly, another wonderful actress I'm obsessed with. Her voice is insane. Are we talking about the West End? No, I'm talking about the Broadway version. Okay, cool. I realized we never, in any of the previous episodes, I don't think we've clarified that. Oh, crap. I mean, I would no, never No, no, I'm just clarifying now. I would never disparage any of the queens. I love them all. 
<laughs> yes. yes, yes, yes. Me too. But Samantha Polly gives one of the more impactful performances of a song that's called All You Want to Do, and it's Catherine mm. Howard's song. And it's just her describing her, like, just being taken advantage of constantly in her life. And it is, mm. it's hard to watch, but it's a, it's an incredible performance. Mm-hmm. And I just, like, God, my heart goes out to this woman, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm, seven-year-old me is still fighting for her. Yeah. She didn't deserve yeah. this. No. No no one frankly does. <laughs> no, no, of course not. But not least of which a woman who was vilified and, you know, taken advantage of her entire life, mm-hmm. vilified in death, and disrespected mm-hmm. to such a degree that I think no one deserves. Absolutely. Save Hitler. Oh, I am happy. Throw that I in. am <laughs> deeply happy mm-hmm. to say that Hitler was a, quote, juvenile delinquent, a stupid and oversexed adolescent who certainly behaved like a whore. I'm happy to say that about him. That really does throw it into context, though, what, <laughs> how egregious those words are. It's so disgusting. And some mm. of those are being said by women. Yeah. Girls. Let's just have a chat, Chloe. Women. We're all having we're having a chat. We're having a lot of chats today. Women. We have to be supportive of each other. That's we can't co- say code things number like one. This. Rule number rule book one. number one. Yeah. Rule book number one. Ovaries before broveries. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I've heard that one before. Did you not watch Parks and Rec? Oh, I did. I did watch Parks and Rec. So I must have heard it. Leslie Nope. She would. She really would. Beautiful mermaid of a person. Truly. Wow. I feel like I that's a beautiful summary of this episode. <laughs> Thank <laughs> I you. I feel like that's a beautiful place to end this episode. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, one thing too. Everyone yes. spells her name with a C. Catherine. C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E. Oh, we have another the Catherine one spelling. surviving signature of her. And yes, some people did spell their names differently because spelling was not universal and you could spell the same word five different ways in the same fucking paragraph, which they Mm. did. She signed her name K-A-T-H-E-R-Y-N and that is how we are going to say it. Woohoo! Another Catherine of Aragon type situation. Mm. Why are we spelling it with a C? We're going to spell it with a K. And a Y. And if you have a problem with that, you can unfollow us. <laughs> oh, jeez. No, don't don't unfollow us, please. Please don't. We we really we really appreciate that you're here. It's really exciting that you guys are listening. Thanks so much. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Every single month, we gain more of a following and more of a audience, and we are very thankful. <laughs> I mean, a little like I just got little, nervous very, that I was <laughs> very shocked, but yes, but very shocked. But thank you so grateful. much. But mm-hmm. thank you so much. Thank you. Um, follow us on Instagram. We'll be posting about this episode. We have an email. Whoa, that came out of nowhere. We do have yeah. an email. If we you would like, to say it. if you would like to email us, 
Hysterically Badass Broads at Gmail. Keep it appropriate, but shoot us an email. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, Hysterically Badass Broads at Gmail.com. And we will see you the next first Wednesday of the month. Mm. Farewell, Maura. Farewell, Chloe. Never speak to you again. No. <laughs> talk to you in about three seconds. I'll talk to you in a minute. Okay. okay bye. bye. <laughs>